Welcome to Tabletop Journal's Seat Yourself podcast series in the hospitality tabletop industry. This podcast was originally published on the week of May 25th and runs for approximately 30 minutes. Now here's your host, Dave Turner. Hi everyone, I'm Dave and I'm your host here at Seat Yourself and I want to welcome you to episode number 77. Seat Yourself is our weekly podcast covering the world of hospitality and hospitality tabletop. And of course, we're still working with our new format and our mini-series, On the Front Lines. And as you know by now, in our new format, we're speaking with people from all corners of our listening audience. And back in early April, we spoke with David Otto from Tavari, the great tabletop resource in the Netherlands. Hospitality operators looking for great tabletop would be hard-pressed to find a tabletop supplier better and one that operates with more passion than Tavari. David and Ivar Van Riel and their entire team really do a great job on on a whole variety of levels with hospitality tabletop. So we thought we'd catch up again with David to find out what has been going on in the Netherlands and exactly where the hospitality sector stands in this fast-moving times of COVID-19. And in addition to a market update, we also want to hear more of what David and his team are doing to prepare for their reopening. And so with all of that, let me welcome back David Otto from Holland's Tavari Company to our On the Frontline series. Welcome back, David. It's great to have you back here on Seat Yourself on the Front Lines. Uh, we, you were with us back in early April, and I want to get right to very quickly all the stuff that's been going on in the Netherlands and in Holland and particularly Amsterdam, the major market, since our April 6th conversation last time. But again, welcome. Thank you very much, Dave. It's my pleasure, really. Listen, our whole industry, no matter whether in the U.S. or in Europe or wherever, our whole industry has been changing and evolving very rapidly, almost on a weekly basis during this COVID-19 situation. Tell us what's different now than it was in early April in your particular area. I think, Dave, people get more open. If you see here in the area in the Netherlands, people want to go out. People want to visit the Horeca again, hotels and restaurants. Even hotels were open in Amsterdam and the rest of the Netherlands. Yeah, people didn't go there. And now you see a lot of people are tired to sitting home. And here in Holland, the COVID is getting under control more. We just have, unfortunately, 250 people on the ICs. And the 1st of June, the Horeca will open again here in the Netherlands for a max of 30 people in restaurants. And after that, in July... David, let me interrupt you for a second. You just said max of 30 people in a restaurant. Is that regardless of the size of the restaurant, only 30 people total? Only 30 people total, excluding the staff. Wow. That's not very many people. No, but it's a start. Terraces are open. And it's no minimum. So you can open your terrace, Good. but you have to be aware of 1.5 meter distance. 1.5 meters. That's, yeah, that's the distance people have to take. Yep. And that's why the terraces are can be open and they don't have any minimum or max on it. So that's very good news to start with. So everybody's going to be dining outside from now on. I hope when the sun is good and the weather is very good here in Holland. Yeah, oh, it's beautiful, beautiful. Yeah, it's beautiful. That's great. When it comes to the protocols, the what restaurateurs have to do and the staff has to do, tell us a little bit about some of the protocols beyond just the maximum number of people that people can have and the social distancing. What kind of protocols do restaurants have to have? If you want to go to a restaurant in the Netherlands, you have to make a reservation. And before you go into the restaurant, 
the staff is going to ask you some questions if you are sick or whatever before you can get in. That's the only protocol that we have in the Netherlands. And then you are allowed to uh, sit in a restaurant. And for the terraces, it isn't a problem. Yeah. So you can sit on a terrace if you want. Yeah. Are the guests asked to sign anything? No, they don't know. Okay. But I know. I don't know. What I read in the newspapers is that you have to make a reservation. And at the door, people will ask you some questions. The staff will ask you some questions. Now, will you see the staff? Will they be wearing masks? I don't think so. No, I don't think so. And what about... You have these screens. these screens, you see a lot of screens, people selling these screens, but if you have one and a half meter distance in the restaurant, it should be enough. Why should you need a screen? So when you say screen, are you talking about the plexiglass? That's correct. Yes. Wow. I have a personal feeling, David, that in the not too far future, you and I can go around to the backsides of all these restaurants and pick up all this used plexiglass because nobody's going to want to use it anymore very shortly. I think it's something, yeah. It's crazy, huh? Yeah. It's a hype at the moment, but yeah. But for the staff, there's no gloves and no mask. No gloves, no mask. What I know. Yeah, wow. And what about the protocols for hotels? Is there going to be differences here? If I stay in a hotel, what will I say? If I went to a hotel in uh, Amsterdam, for instance, and go to check in, what would be different? The thing is, Dave, since we had the COVID-19 here in the Netherlands, hotels were allowed to stay open. And guests were allowed to dine in the restaurant. But people from outside were not allowed to come. I just had contact today with the Okura Hotel in Amsterdam asking for some items because they want to do more in-room dining. And that's what you're going to see more. I think what you're going to see more is when the restaurants, from starting from July, you are allowed to have a max of 100 people in the restaurants in the Netherlands. So I think big hotels... Or small hotels will give up their conferences and make a restaurant in it to get more dining space. Well, it sounds like the Netherlands is further down the road than we are here in a lot of the states here in the in, in the U.S. And I, I know last time you had mentioned that the river cruise boats were a big part of your business. What's happening in that segment since that's such a, a specialty kind of business? Which segment? Sorry, Dave. The river cruise boats? Yeah. I can't say that because that's uh, Ivar's business. <laughs> He's in contact with the riverboats business. But what I know at the moment, they are still at the docks in Europe and don't go. I think they won't go because they are very close on each other, the people. And half 1.5 meter distance should be very difficult. But really, I don't have any ideas about the river cruises. I should ask uh, Ivar. Outside of the restaurants and hotels and everything, you've done some carry out, a lot of carry out, I suppose, like everywhere, everybody else. And are there groups allowed to congregate in parks or in people's gardens? We are allowed. Yesterday was the, the most warmest day in the Netherlands of the year. It was 26 degrees. So wow. restaurants were closed. Beach clubs were closed, but everybody went out. And it was very, very busy in the Netherlands, but controlled, luckily. So people are allowed to sit together. I think starting from June, you are allowed to sit with four people in a room. So it's getting more looser, uh, how you say it in... Loosening up the restrictions. Exactly. Because we, in Netherlands, they control the virus, I think, because there are less people getting the virus and there are more people getting off the ICs. 
Good. That's great. Well, again, it sounds like you're making great progress and it won't be long. If you're telling me that June 1st, everything starts to open up with 30 people and then July, it goes even to larger numbers. That's going to be great. And, and so you've got to be excited about the business too. We are very excited. And I think people get innovative now. And that's very good to see. And of course, people will lose businesses in the horeca as well. But at the end, it gives new ideas and new possibilities for us. Now, when it comes to your customers, your operators, restaurateurs, hoteliers, first of all, they have to be excited. And secondly, as they build towards this June 1st and really a July 1st kind of opening, are they placing orders with you? Are they talking about placing orders? Where do they stand now with actual business being done? Yeah, they're going to place orders because in the meantime, we, we're not sitting still, of course. We were talking with our factories, people we work with and say, hey, how can we offer people interesting products they can use during the COVID-19 virus? And like, it's a very simple thing, a tray and a butler stand, you know? And those items, we made a catalog, small catalog, and we sent to all our clients, look uh, how to present on a safely way to serve your food. And that's what you see. On the other hand, you see a lot of hotels quit their buffets and they do just service on the table. Yeah, and we show them our products, which they can use. Just a quick question on buffets. That's a big question mark over here. What do you see the future of buffets? What will buffets look like going forward? Ooh, that's a very difficult question, Dave, because you see them here in my country. You have the breakfast buffet, you have the lunch yeah. buffet, dinner buffet. Big. I think what I hear from the market here, people are going to serve the food or do in-room dining, if you talk about hotels. Less buffet, because they think it's it's not that hygienic anymore. But yeah, at the end, if everything gets to normal again, we forget everything again. Yeah, it'll go. We're going to take a break right now, David. And when I come back, I know that from my past experience, the people, the team at Tavari, at your company, you, Ivar, and the rest of the team there, you're not people to sit around and wait for things to happen. You, you always keep very busy. And I want to hear about all the things that you have had going on. And I think there's a couple that you've sort of intimated to me that some big things coming from Tavari, and I want to hear about it. And I know our listeners will as well. So we're going to be right back, folks, with a lot more from David Otto of Tavari in the Netherlands. Be right back in our second segment. This episode of Seat Yourself is sponsored in part by the Edward Donovan Company. Everything but the food for nearly 100 years. And if you're not yet signed up for Tabletop Journal's bi-monthly newsletter, now would be a great time to do so. Go to tabletopjournalnewsletter.com. It's quick and easy to sign up and a great way to stay on top of all the important goings on in the world of hospitality tabletop. That's tabletopjournalnewsletter.com. Now, back to our podcast. Welcome back, everybody. We're here with David Otto from Tavari, the great tabletop house in the Netherlands. And actually, I should say the Caribbean, too, because you do some business in where? Down in Aruba? Curaçao. Curaçao. Oh, yes. Sorry. They're all beautiful. It's one kingdom. <laughs> one kingdom. Yep. So it's all good. It's all good. David, before we took a break, in the first segment, we were talking about the marketplace in general and what's going on with the protocols and the opening up of restaurants. And that's really exciting to hear. What I really want to know now is what have you been doing at Tavari to sort of get ready for that reopening? I know you guys are always busy doing things. You've talked to me about a couple of things. But why don't you explain some of the things that you've had going on there at your company? What we're going to do is very nice. I think it's amazing. We are opening our new Amsterdam showroom. Wow. It's really great. It's a CO2 neutral building. 
where we have a really beautiful location in the south part of Amsterdam. It's called Demon. And uh, really people, hotels and restaurants can easily drive to the showroom and make an appointment and to show all the products and concepts we, uh, we have. And it's going to be open the 1st of June when the hotels and restaurants are going to open. I was going to say that coincides with, yeah. So you've been working hard to get that open so that you can open up just like the restaurants. Exactly. And to give a new impulse in the Horeca market and see, look, we are not sitting still. We are still continually working on new stuff and things like opening the new showroom and launching our new catalog 2020-2021. Now, wait a second. Before you get to that catalog, you, you just told me you made a catalog during the closure of some of the in-room dining things and so, a smaller version for some of your customers. But you've got a brand new catalog. You just, sent it, you just sent it to me this morning. It's 360 pages. 360 pages, Dave. It's amazing. Last year, we had 60 pages less, around 300. But, you know, all the factories, the beautiful factories and people we work with brought some new ideas and new products and we brought it into our new catalog. Now, what are some of the brands that you have? Why don't you tell some of the people uh, that are listening right now, some of the great brands, the world-class global brands that Tavari represents? To start with, the beautiful brand Steelite International, because you're well known with it, because it's now an American company, but based in the UK. Amazing new stuff. Robert Welsh but also the Melamine collections, uh, Harbor, buffet items. Next uh, is also Feature Norway, a beautiful, beautiful Norwegian factory. We just did a hotel last week in the Netherlands, a biologic hotel, all full customized feature products. Bracci, Italy, Rona glass, crystal glass from Slovenia, more and more and more. It's amazing. Mostly 100% made in Europe products, Dave. Yeah, I want to get into the project, but 100% European made, this theme that you, you've you mentioned a couple of times. But those brands all really are best-in-class type brands. There's other good products in the world, but boy, you sure, certainly have more than your share of great best-in-class type tabletop brands. That's correct. So congratulations on those partnerships that you have. But tell us more about this 100% European made concept. Yeah, we discussed it before uh, last week. We sent it to uh, few weeks ago, some emails to each other say, hey, why uh, can't we make a nice new concept saying, hey, 100% made in Europe or, for example, 100% made in USA and protect our market, you know, protect the, the factories we work with and even protect my competitors because uh, sometimes why, why why shouldn't do it together with the, even with my competitors I don't work with because I think it's very important that people realize that they buy products that are made in Europe, you know, because we have all these, like Fijo, they have a 100% reduction in the factory. Sealight has a 100% reduction in the factory. It's so important for, the, for nature, for the future of the world. You know, when you say reduction, you're talking about the carbon footprint and all that. Exactly. The ecological impact. Why should we buy it from so far, getting it into containers? While 300 kilometers from my house, you have a beautiful factory making beautiful products. So I think it's very important. Isn't it more to that it's not just the ecological impact of locally made, let's call it locally made being local uh, European made product, but isn't it also the quality implications of products made in Europe? Yeah, but also the service you get from them. Yeah. After service you get from them. There's a story. Every factory, even look at Stilet, but also, for example, Tafelstern or, or Rachi Bormioli, all factories with a story, with really a history and a, and a story behind it. And that's what 
the hotels can tell their guests as well, look, these are European-made products or made in USA because you have some amazing factories as well there. Yeah, those stories really are, are where all the value sits, I think, a lot of times because there are lots of plates. Let's say, let's just stay on plates for a second. Lots of glassware too, but lots of plates. And when you position it as 100% made in Europe, it goes beyond just being a plate that holds food. It goes to, speaks to the history, the heritage, the quality. And, and you, you bring up great points about the service. It's not only the service to get the product there to them on a timely basis, but what happens after? the sale after the customer buys the product can they get it again later on and will it be the same quality that they got on the, around the first order do you have a chip guarantee exactly can you buy it when you bought a thousand plates can you buy them in two two three times a year can you can buy them again uh, that's so important that's so important well, the other thing too, I would say, and 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 you and I have talked about this when I visited you a little bit, is that when you when you sell your customers, you sell them for life. Tavari uh, forms partnerships with its customers, and so in any long term relationship, any long term partnership, lifelong customer relationships, there's always going to be issues that come up. And as a buyer, I would want to know that when those issues come up two, three, four, five years, 10 years, 20 years, 30 years down the line, that the team at Tavari and the manufacturers that they represent are going to take care of that. That's why we're doing it for 80 years, uh, Dave. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's a family business. And, and it is about those relationships. And David, I, I have to tell you, I'm so excited to talk to you. Every time I talk to you, you're so optimistic. And especially now that the, the marketplace is going to open up, you've got a brand new showroom in Amsterdam. I, I can't wait to see some of the finished pictures of that when it's, when you open up. You've got a great new 360 360, that's amazing to me, 360-page catalog. It is still, every time I see the literature from you, all the collateral materials, I keep saying how gorgeous they are, but it's actually true. And I want to tell our listeners, even if you're not in the Netherlands or Curacao, go to the Tavari site, download their catalog. You're going to be very, very impressed, not only with the products that they have in there, but how they lay them out and how they're shown and the way the catalog is made. It's just beautiful. It's a beautiful piece of collateral material and I compliment. It's one of the best ones I've seen in a long, long time. And I've only just started to look at it. So, but it's great. That tells me that if as a potential customer, how you might treat me and my relationship and certainly how you treat the products that you represent. That's correct. And, and thanks to all the factories we work with because of them, we can make this big, beautiful catalog. Yeah, I can mention them all, but they know. They know. They know. David, any last words that you want people to know as you head into this June 1st reopening or any other last comments or suggestions for other people that may not be quite as far along in this reopening journey as you and the team at Tavari and in the Netherlands are? I think listen to your government. Do what they say. Then you get this far. I think in my country, we listen to our government and now we have, they say, there's time to open the horeca. And that's so important. And be safe. Stay safe. Yeah, I agree with you. We have a lot of pent-up demand here from the dining guests. They want to get out too. And some some people are getting ahead of the head of the rules and the regulations. But no matter, we're all going to get there. This is a great business. I keep telling everybody that I speak to that I'm always amazed at the resilience of the horeca business. But Equally so, I'm amazed at the creativity. So I'm extremely optimistic. And yes, we'll probably lose a restaurant or two here and there. But at the same time, this business will definitely bounce back. People, again, are hardwired for connection. And there's no better way to connect 
than through food and beverage with family and friends and those that you love at a great restaurant. Nothing better than that. Tell everybody, go out and have dinner and have a drink. That helps the Horeca now. Can we send you the bill, though? Oh, no. You know, you're... <laughs> <laughs> David, I really appreciate your time this morning. Listen, go have a great weekend, and we'll catch you down the road. We'll ch circle back around maybe in July, and we'll see where things are when they open up at that level in July. Thank you very much, Dave, and we keep in contact. That's great. It was great. Great speaking to you. Take care, David. Thank you. And well, that's it for this week's On the Front Lines episode of our Seat Yourself podcast. And again, I want to thank David Otto for joining us today. Be sure to go to their website, and that is tovari.nl, and look for their new 360-page catalog. That's amazing, 360 pages. Their new catalog is out and available on their website in PDF. Also, I want to thank you, our listeners, for joining us today. And then finally, on this Memorial Day here in America... Let us pause and remember those in our military services who have willingly put themselves in harm's way to protect our freedoms and made the ultimate sacrifice to protect the freedoms that we enjoy so much here in America. And along with that, a special thank you to all our veterans. Americans everywhere all remain so incredibly grateful for your service. I'm Dave Turner, and we'll see you next week right here on Seat Yourself with our next episode in our On the Front Line series. That concludes this week's episode of Tabletop Journal's Seat Yourself podcast series. For more news, information, and insights on the hospitality tabletop industry, be sure to check out tabletopjournal.com.